I might have gotten that person in the first challenge launch from zero to 75%. Whereas most entrepreneurs and marketers will just say that person's not a buyer. I'm going to put them back on the house list and just keep like warming them up with new content. But that actually is your warmest prospect, right? So I'm a big believer of the fact that it's 70% easier to sell an existing customer than it is to go acquire and sell a new one. So why not try to get that person from 75% to 100 in the next launch, then try to go get new people at zero to 100. I spent the last 17 years building my eight-figure performance business without using any of my own money, working with some of the most brilliant direct response marketers in the world today. Now I'm looking for entrepreneurs to join my affiliate army, built on ethics, transparency, and good old hard work. Join me to change the perception of how people view the greatest business in the world, affiliate marketing, and follow along as I learn, apply, and share performance marketing strategies working with some of the brightest people on the planet. My name is Eric Beer, and welcome to the Performance Marketer Podcast. All right, cool. So tell us, uh, tell us something personal about you. Give us some, uh, some secrets about Jeff Brewer. By the way, our last names will connect. I knew I was thinking about that. I was like, the brewer is going to uh, create the beer, right? And funny story about that is one of the first companies I ever invested in was this craft brewery in Orange County called Town Park Brew. There's like a bit, you know, there's a big, there's been a big craft beer boom, right? Started in um, Portland and went to San Diego. Then, you know, Orange County is trying to, uh, Anaheim is trying to become like, you know, the the craft, the next kind of craft beer capital. And um, they, you know, there's Angel Stadium, on the center in Disneyland, but there's no real kind of like big adult scene there. So yeah. they're trying to build out downtown. Have their, when we invested, there was like 20 breweries that were 20 craft breweries that were going into the, the Anaheim area that year. So it was, it was kind of a cool opportunity to get involved. We did like all the marketing branding um, awesome. of, of the company. That was, it was fun. But yeah, I was always like, you know, my last name's Brewer. I had to kind of get in the, the craft beer uh, space. That way. <laughs> but yeah, no, kind of just long story short, you know, I went to the University of Arizona um, in Tucson for college, was a finance major, global business minor. I studied abroad in China. It was really awesome. So I started getting into like wanting to learn more about um, China and kind of doing business over there. So I did. I studied abroad there. Then I worked there the following summer and I worked for a private equity company there. And I, I liked it a lot. I was like, wow, I'm pretty unique here. Like he, the director of the private equity firm kind of took me around on his, a lot of the travel he did that summer. And I was like, wow, there's not, I'm the only like American still here. And this was in like 2011 or so. This is pretty interesting that I'm still pretty unique here. And it's 2011, right? Like you think there would be more Americans and expats doing business here. So I was like, this is interesting. This could be a cool opportunity for me to come. And he offered me a job to come back and, and work for his firm there. So I was, I was going to do that. And then I graduated in December and he was like, hey, I'm moving to a new firm. Like, let me bring you over in June. It's it's an even bigger firm. It's going to be an even bigger opportunity for you. So in the interim, I took like an investment banking class. And um, at the time, my mother was the COO for the largest aircraft painting company in the world. So they painted planes for Southwest, Delta, American Airlines, Air Force One, right? All these really cool um, wow. big airlines. And uh, they also owned a digital marketing agency that did all their marketing and did marketing for some other um, bigger brands and like local businesses. So she said, Hey, you know, the agency needs some like accounting help. Do you want to come in and make some extra money and just do some accounting? And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Like I'm not working outside of the investment banking class. So came in, just was doing some accounting, doing some help. And like two months later, 
you know, I was, they were like, Hey, can you help us actually do some project management too? So I was like, sure. <laughs> so next thing you know, I'm like project managing all these accounts for this agency. I have like marketing, like no idea what I'm doing. Kind of just like learning on the fly, like thrown, thrown into like the wolves den in the fire. And I'm like leading these calls with these big clients, not trained in marketing whatsoever. Kind of just like asking questions to the team and learning on the fly. It was actually really cool, but definitely something I never anticipated doing. And then a few months later, the private, the um, largest aircraft painting company got purchased for is a big exit um, by a private equity firm. And they wanted, they only invested in like aviation energy and like medical companies. So they're like, Hey, we're going to spin off the agency. We're not going to buy it. So the CEO asked my mom, who's the CEO at the time, Hey, what should I do with the agency? And this was on like Facebook, Twitter was just booming kind of like how, how, how Bitcoin is now is like that kind of trendy. So she was like, well, I'll buy it. And pretty much, you know, she got it for like really, like a really good deal calls me five minutes later and she's like, Hey, instead of moving to China, do you want to be a partner in this agency with me and, and help me grow it? And, you know, I've always yeah, of course. Kind of done some entrepreneurial stuff and had the entrepreneurial bug, you know, I would be an entrepreneur at some point, didn't know it'd be the first thing I did and that it'd be something that I did for my whole life. So obviously I, it's an opportunity I had to take and I was like, amazing, let's do it. And you know, the rest is history. So we started. Wow. How old were you at that time? I was 22. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. It was, it was weird going into a leadership role telling, you know, designers and developers who were like 40 and 35, like what <laughs> you do as a 22 year old. But I, I think the way I approached it that I think a lot of other family owned businesses and or people who are younger in the family come into like a leadership role earlier on or who are bred to be like groomed to be in a leadership role is they, they, you know, they let ego kind of misguide them. And I was super humble. I was like, approached every kind of top leadership person on the team who did all the different things. I was like, Hey, I want to be a sponge. Like I'm your equal. I'm not above you. I want to learn from you. I want to learn this business. Like teach me everything. You no, know. I was asking them questions, trying to learn every aspect of what they did and leaning to them as like a consigliere or like an advisor to me to serve the client in the best way and told them how much I value them and their time. I take them out to lunch, like individually to pick their brain I told him all the time, like, you're awesome. You're killing it. Right. So they were like, this guy is really cool. Like he's my biggest advocate in the company. And I think approaching it that way, let me earn the respect of the people as opposed to coming and say, Hey, like my name's on the door now, give me the respect. So I think that helped me. And I've always been like that. I've always been like a big learner, a big student, a big, you know, someone who's a sponge and trying to learn everything I can. So I think that's probably the thing that, that really helped it work. But doing that, you know, we were trying to do, full service agency, right? Trying to do everything to everyone. Worked with some really cool brands, um, some Fortune 500 brands, and it was great. But in 2015, I I was trying to solve the problem of, hey, for all my clients, I'm doing these email marketing, warming the audience up campaign, and I'm paying my designer and developer a lot of money to build these landing pages and these funnels for me. Like, how do I reduce the cost of this? And this is about the exact same time that Russell was taking his show on the road for dot-com secrets book his book launch talking about funnels and click funnels and then i went to the first ever click funnels funnel hacking live event to learn more about this concept of funnels and funnel hacking cool. live at that event i ended up joining his certification program as one of the first 50 people to ever be certified by click funnels to learn it and right away i was like this is it this is the way that i build funnels for a low cost in in a fast uh, efficient time manner and i pretty much you know i think a year later i went to his next Funnel Hacking Live, which was in San Diego, and he made an offer for his Inner Circle Mastermind. I joined that. And upon joining it, I really realized, hey, 
they're some of the top marketers in the world in this group. Every single person has the same model. It's create content for free, create front-end funnels, have a course, and have some type of scalable group coaching program. It's not a done-for-you model, right? It's a scalable, build a brand, build a personal brand, and on the backbone of your content, attention, and marketing, convert 1% of your total audience to buying your membership course, and then ascending you know, 10%, 5 or 10% of that course buying audience to your group coaching offer, and you can generate a multi-seven-figure, eight-figure business on the backbone of a small team and just scaling your marketing efforts and your ad budget to acquire more attention using joint venture partners, et cetera. So I was like, hey, this is what I need to do. And every single person, they, were, they became the category king or they, would know, they were known as the best at one thing, right? So whether it was Russell Brunson in funnels, whether it was Ezra Firestone in e-commerce, right? Billie Jean in YouTube ads, um, you know, Alex Ramosi in launching gyms, right? Every single person was like Dean Holland and free plus shipping funnels, right? It's just every single person was like trying to be known as that, that the best, that one thing. And I was like, that's it. Because if you're trying to be everything to everyone, you're going to end up being nothing to no one. No one's going to remember your name or remember who you serve and how you serve them. So I was thinking like, okay, I'm also, I also at the time joined Jeff Walker's group and um, I was learning about product launches and the product launch formula. And I was like, I'm used to doing organic SEO and trying to influence the you know google algorithm doing like the, the hardest things in digital marketing then i see this like front end funnels and webinars from russell and like this product launch formula process from jeff walker who's helping all these beginners make all this money i'm like this is so much easier <laughs> to use this new opportunity and you can help clients make revenue faster instead of like waiting six months you know three six nine months for your seo campaign to scale your organic traffic right so i was like this is the thing so i started doing product launches for different entrepreneurs and customers. And the first person I met, um, it was an owner of this guy who was partnered with Doug Polk. And Doug Polk is one of the most famous uh, professional poker players. And he was one of the first millennial poker players to start creating content on social media, teaching other people how to play poker. And just, he had so many people messaging him like, hey, can you give me more content? Can you give me more advice on how do I create a career out of playing poker? So Doug was making tens of millions from playing poker and he got kind of this inner circle of a few other pros. And he's like, guys, we can make tens of millions teaching everyone everywhere all over the world how to play poker. And they kind of created the first online poker brand teaching everyone everywhere how to make a career out of playing poker. And they had a membership at the time. And I approached the one of the partners just in a, it was my girlfriend at the time's birthday and her friend was, he was the, 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 the husband of her. And I said, Hey, you know, tell me more about what you guys do. He's like, yeah, we have this membership. It's really cool. We have this community, this audience. It's great on social, but it's only doing X and revenue. And I'm like, well, did you know that if you did a product launch in this system, in this way, you can get a percentage of your audience to purchase a thousand dollar course from you tomorrow. Would that be interesting to you? He's like, absolutely. You know, how do we learn more and how do we do this? So less than three months later, they brought me on and I said, hey, if I can help these guys do a launch, this can be the success story that kind of launches me in this ex product launch expert path. So let me serve these guys in the deepest way. And I walked them through step-by-step how to do a launch. And we launched a thousand dollar course to their internal audience with a very small Facebook ad spend. And they had $305,000 in revenue come in in less than five days from that first launch. Wow. And it was the most- Was, that a, was it a webinar? What'd you send them to? Yeah. So it was that same, is the, the main core product launch system that I do is- you know, I combined Jeff Walker's product launch formula and Russell Brunson, my iteration of kind of both of uh, Russell's perfect webinars to replace that fourth sales video. And that's what we did. 
That's the product launch system that, that we put people through. And in that, what, it's 305 courses and generated 305. What is the, uh, just explain to everybody what the Jeff Walker yeah, uh, sure. so, launch product is. Pretty much essentially the big, you know, Jeff Walker created this way to launch called the product launch formula, which essentially is a four-part video series. And in a world where things are changing every single day and, you know, new platforms are coming out, he's been using this product launch system since 2005. And there's been over a million people to go through his free launch workshop. His clients and students and community have generated over a billion dollars in sales um, collectively using this model. But essentially, it's a four-part video series that you take people through in uh, the time frame of 12 days. The first video is the new opportunity video. We're explaining, this is the new opportunity. This is my origin story. And this is why this new opportunity and this new vehicle can help you, right? Then you leave them on a cliffhanger, tell them what's next. And a few days later, you invite them to attend the second video in the in the free launch workshop or the online workshop series. And that second video is about the transformation. It's about how you took the new vehicle and you used it to create your own transformation. And then who are the other clients, customers that you've helped also use your, take your system, your framework to develop a transformation from them to really social prove that new vehicle to be true, right? Give that social proof. And then you say, hey, if you're interested in how to get started with this, how to get these success stories, you have to attend the next video because in the next video three, that's the blueprint video. It's where I walk through the high level outline and explain to you, I make this become real, right? I explain to you the framework, the step-by-step system, how this all works. So this is the longest video with the most education in it, right? So you pretty much, if you have a course, if you have a framework, if you have some type of system, you're going to walk them through the high level outline of it. You're not going to tell them how to do it. You're just going to show them what it is so that they see it, that it becomes real. And then in Jeff's fourth video, which is a sales video, you're going to deliver that ownership experience. You're going to create an irresistible offer for them. And you're going to say, hey, for those of you who've gone through this workshop so far and have got an immense amount of value and are wondering, how do I learn more from you and become a part of your paid program and your paid community? I take what we learned here in 10x, 100x it in this digital course. And here's all the other bonuses you get when you join the course that crush other objections that they might have. And it's this much money and you have until Friday, you know, it's Monday, you have until Friday to join. And then you go into a five-day open cart campaign where you're going to be doing Q&As, different themes to crush objections and um, enroll people into your paid program, right? And the cool thing about this is that it works really well. It's worked for a lot of people. But on the flip side of this, what's the best type of launch mechanism debate? A lot of people in Russell's, you know, in our community with Russell, they use his perfect webinar framework, which is, hey, let's get, let's run ads to a lead magnet. And then when people are on a list, let's invite them to a webinar where we do a 90 minute webinar and then try to enroll people on that one webinar, right? And then maybe we're doing some front end funnels along the way that either builds the list or has some front end paid funnels where we're building the list for free by taking the revenue we have on the front end and reinvesting it into our ad spend, or we're getting paid to then sell people into our core offer, right? So most people are in both communities, I mean, because I'm the only person in the world who's in both Russell's and Jeff's uh, community. I found everyone in Jeff's is doing Jeff's model and everyone in Russell's for the most part is doing Russell's. But what I found is they're making that decision based on how they prefer and like to deliver content or who in their inner circle respective communities has influenced them to do that, right? What is the expert they follow most do? What I found is that if you pick one over the other, you're automatically putting an artificial cap and ceiling on the amount of customers you can bring in and revenue you can make because it's not about what you like. It's about how your your avatar and your customers consume content. So for example, people who prefer the longer format 
higher, you know, cinematography, more more movie-like effect of the longer format videos in the product launch formula. Those are the people who like binge-watching Netflix videos, you know, seasons. They like consuming longer format YouTube videos. But on the other end of Russell, it's more of the impulse buyer, right? I'm going to get on the webinar, I'm going to register, I'm going to jump on, and I'm going to decide either I want this, I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to go through it, or I'm going to have someone else on my team go through it and kind of pull out the golden nuggets framework and system from it and then incorporate it into our business. So that type of buyer is more of like the impulse buyer, people that are scrolling through Facebook and Instagram quickly, they stop, they opt in, they put their email in for, for a lead magnet, right? So there's different types of people who consume content in different ways and buy products in different ways. So I've always thought, why would I segregate or choose one over the other when it's about how people consume content and make a buying purchase, either being a longer format product launch formula buyer or a front-end funnel buyer or a webinar buyer that's more of an impulse buyer. So what I did ever since the origin of me helping entrepreneurs do product launches is I combined the two strategies together. So instead of on Jeff's way of really just running ads to lead magnets and investing to build a list and then having the single point of monetization be when you do the big launch, I'll roll out lead magnet funnels with upsells, right? So you can self-liquidate the ad spend of that investment to drive people to your lead magnets and or front-end funnels like free plus shipping funnels. The biggest launch type of front-end funnel I'm doing right now is the challenge launch. So I'm enrolling people into a $37 to $97 challenge where we have an, you know, an average cart value of $75 to $100. And then you're having people pay you to then sell them your course, right? So you're monetizing on the front end. And then if they don't buy on that challenge, you're inviting them to this longer format online launch workshop where they see the three pre-launch content videos. And then on the fourth video, instead of it being a pre-recorded sales video, I'll invite people on the, the best graduation training of the four, the live graduation training that enrolls them into the program. And because it's live, more people attend. And because it's live, there's more adrenaline and you get a greater amount of attendees and a greater amount of purchases doing things like offering fast action bonuses and things like that. And then I always believe that you're going to have more people enrolling using the, the open cart strategy of only having a five day, maybe seven day max. I love five day. That's only what I always do. Open cart where I pick a different theme of each day in open cart to give people who are still consuming the content a new bonus, a new unannounced bonus, a different reason, right? I'm The first two days, you're going to have your emotional buyers, right? So the biggest brand evangelists, the people who are buying on emotion purchase, right? Then you're going to have on days three and four, your logical buyers. So like, I understand this is good, but I need to sleep on it. I need to understand what's the ROI. What am I going to make my money back? How much money am I going to make from this? Is this worth my time? Maybe I think the money's a no-brainer, but is this worth my time to invest in this, right? So you have to then, we change the messaging from selling people emotionally to then selling people logically and explaining what the ROI is on this of their time and, and money, right? And then the final day, we then transition into the urgency and scarcity closes, right? So we talked about what will it mean to you if six months, 12 months from now, your life is still the same? How will you lose out on that? You know, what's going to, how's it negatively going to impact you if you lose out on that opportunity cost of taking action now? What is it going to mean for you if you have to keep moving forward on this journey alone without a coach, without a mentor, and without a community of other like-minded in, in individuals like you. So as you take them through this logical process that they move forward through, you're going to get different buyers with those emotional, logical, and then urgency and scarcity closes. And that's how we really maximize revenue, combining those two launch strategies and then having different themes of open cart. And then there's a lot of different strategies you can do in between those bigger launches, but that's how I really have combined the two strategies and kind of made it my own iteration and studying the product launches of the top marketers in the world who were implementing these individual strategies on their own 
for the last three years plus, I've been taking, you know, golden nuggets from this guy, golden nuggets from that woman, and then building it into this, what I think is a next level, you know, um, proprietary product launch system. And that's how, like, how I help insert my clients in the deepest way. A dream team of uh, product launches, the best of the best of everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, that's cool. What um you were saying something about if they didn't take your offer after the challenge, you would take them into what would that be afterwards? You said like yeah, so typically is that a free like five day challenge or what is what is that? Yeah, so typically that's that's one way. I think you're seeing a lot of experts with these big audiences do these free five day seven day challenges. It's a cool model that I think everyone should test. What I found because I've done over a hundred challenges up until this point with different clients that either manage or they're in my group coaching programs, et cetera, and help them do it live and then automate and evergreen it. I've just seen it scale as a percentage. It's easier for like beginners, intermediates and experts to do a paid challenge. So a paid challenge in a longer duration. So I typically recommend people to do a paid challenge where the front end of that challenge is anywhere from 37 to $97 to join the challenge. And then you're putting them in a paid 14, 21 or 30 day challenge. I skew toward the 1421 because I think it's easier to keep people engaged for that long. But I really believe people who pay, pay attention, right? We prioritize our time based on the things that we invest. So I think you get a lot of people, you get a lot more people that join a free challenge, but I think your content consumption and participation rates of those challenges go down. So that's what I mean. It's easier for like the people that have millions of people on their audience because of the numbers. But if you only have like 25, 50, 100 people getting in a free challenge, if you're losing that many people by day five, you're not going to have a lot of people in. So that's why I think it's better to have, you know, if you're getting in a smaller audience, it's better to have them paying because they pay attention. We're seeing less like attrition on a paid challenge. But yeah, that way you can get people to pay, then you can have upsells, right? So like our average cart value is always in that, I would say $70 range is pretty typical when you then upsell like a $47 upsell one, $97 upsell two, maybe an order bump, right? Then you're getting people to pay, invest, to be part of a community where you can deliver them a micro transformation in that short amount of time. And they're then going to say, Hey, this person delivered me more value for the, the lowest cost I've ever invested or paid someone. And I'm getting their actual time to coach me in a group setting, which no one else ever does in regards to your competitors, right? Most people that actually get group coaching, it has to be, you know, 10 K plus, um, even if it's for a longer duration of time. So you're getting more people paying attention because you're actually group coaching them every day as a part of the challenge. And it's making it more likely that they're going to get a result, right? So once you help them get that result, that transformation, then you're going to say, hey, we're doing this live graduation training, which essentially is your webinar at the end that then invites everyone who joined the challenge, submitted a success story, you know, was participating and active, getting their challenge badges for doing activities. And the big thing I do with each day of the challenge is I'll go live for, you know, anywhere from 10 minutes, 30 minutes, typically it could be longer if you want. And I'll, I'll teach something and then I'll say, hey, based on what I taught you, here's the action, here's the assignment for you to then go and do. And then after you complete this assignment, come back and prove that you completed it. And then you'll get your challenge participation badge for this day's activity, right? And then once you do that, you're gamifying it to get more people being not yeah. just consumers of content, but they're interacting, they're in momentum and they're executing on the strategies you're teaching them. That's bringing them closer and closer to actually achieving a transformation. So where most marketers and entrepreneurs are just talking at people. This makes it like, hey, we're getting involved and actually taking action as a community day by day. Now you're in momentum because I got you to take action day one and day two, and you're a thousand times more likely to get to day 14 having done day one and two's work than just saying, 
hey, consume this content in two weeks, check back, and hopefully you'll you want to invest in, in the next thing. So then I'll invite them to the live graduation training. On that live graduation training, I'll make them an offer to then invite them to become a part of our core offer, which is normally the course, the mastermind. It could be a group coaching as well. And then if they don't buy, right, then I'll then potentially downsell them into the next challenge that we're going to do the the next month, the next two months. And I equate this to saying, hey, when you join a membership, they always give you a free personal training session. And just because you don't, after the free personal training session, want to invest in the personal trainer, doesn't mean you want to cancel your membership, right? So we actually get a lot of people who will downsell into buying another digital product or who will join the the challenge the very next month because just the same reason that they joined, it's the best bang for the buck thing we offer. It's just like that in the next challenge. And maybe they didn't complete all the assignments, right? There's an abundance of reasons that they would join again. Maybe they don't have the budget to invest. Whatever it is, you could still do that as a downsell. And then you have more, that challenger now becomes worth even more to you. And you could even do things like refer a friend programs where it's like, hey, if you refer three people that say you brought them, your challenge is free, right? So you kind of have that like viral growth hacking element to it where you can have your your challengers become your soldiers in your army that then go and win the battle for you and bring more of their friends, family, colleagues in, into your challenge, which is really, really cool. But yeah, what I do where I think a lot of people don't is I'll lead with the challenge launch because it's the easiest to do, the least financial investment in terms of asset creation for the launch and the fastest to implement. And I think it has the most like viral element of getting the most people on that are going to pay to pay attention. And then if they don't buy then either the upsell to the core offer or the downsell to the next challenge, I'll then, you know, put them in a sequence where I then will invite them to my free online workshop, which will be the bigger launch, which is the three pre-launch content videos with the webinar, with the five, the open cart that sells them that same core offer, but with a unique preframe, right? So there's people who love just consuming content. There's people who love participating, paying to participate in challenges. But if you only do one preframe and that's it, you're always going to have only the people you're bringing in that are new to your audience that want that specific product. So the same way that we own, that I was talking about, have you pick one launch mechanism of product launch formula over the, the webinar, the same exists in different preframes. So that's a big thing I'll do when I like merge and stack launches is I'll just split test different preframes in um, front ends to get people onto that same core presentation that sells them into the same core offer. And that way you're getting people on your list buying the same product because you just introduce a different preframe as opposed to only getting new people on your list who want your same existing thing. That's why you see a lot of people who start, they'll make revenue. They'll kind of plateau because they'll say like, they're just trying to do the same thing to the same people over and over again, instead of split testing different preframes. And I found that that allows people to merge stack launches and scale in a unique way that they haven't been able to. So you're just ultimately selling the same thing, but you're taking a different angle on it to the same group of people. Yeah, you're warming them up in a different way. And it's kind of like, I might have gotten that person in the first challenge launch from zero to 75%. Whereas most entrepreneurs and marketers will just say that person's not a buyer. I'm going to put them back on the house list and just keep like warming them up with new content. But that actually is your warmest prospect, right? So I'm a big believer of the fact that it's 70% easier to sell an existing customer than it is to go acquire and sell a new one. So why not try to get that person from 75% to 100 in the next launch, then try to go get new people at zero to 100, right? How many emails do you send to your list in in a month? You said you're the house list and then there's a sequence. 
if what happens, do they end up being on the general house list? And if they opted into two challenges, are they in three different sequences at that point? No, you, so the house list is for like just the non buyers who don't take any upsell or downsell after a sequence is over. And then when you initiate a new launch, like pre-frame or warm-up, you can give the opportunity for that house list to like re-opt into that pre-launch sequence, right? So you see, you see a bunch of marketers who are like, hey, if you don't want to receive content about this specific topic, you can unsubscribe here. It doesn't unsubscribe you from the full list. It just unsubscribes you from like the pre-launch in content about that one type of product launch, right? So I think it's, you know, a lot of people too, I'll say, like I've had, I've had clients that came to me and they're like, yeah, we, we run ads to this lead magnet. And then when they get on our list, we don't email them until three months or six months later when we do this launch. But it's like, hey, you didn't realize that you just let that person who was warm go cold instead of putting them in a 30-day, 60-day, 90-day, even 120-day automated evergreen sequence where you're just on evergreen inviting them to join some type of new pre-frame or pre-launch that sells them into your core offer. Or even like, I'm a big believer too, that your buyers and your audience, people have different levels of desire, right? And what I mean by that is some people desire money over time. So if you desire money over time, you would rather invest less money, save more money and less, invest less money now, and then invest more time to reach that desired transformation. So for that person, a do-it-yourself course is going to be perfect because it's probably the least expensive thing you can offer that's going to give your entire framework to them, right? They just get to go through the, the videos on their own in a private community. Then there are those, you know, you, me, people who join masterminds, we would rather invest, we have a greater level of desire around our time than money. So we would rather invest more money now to reduce our time that it takes to hit the transformation and or pay someone so that we don't waste time stepping in the same landmines that they did, right? Russell's a pioneer in his industry. He has all the arrows in his back. That's why a lot of people in his program have reached even results close to him or surpassing him in some ways in a shorter time frame than he has. So in theory, every entrepreneur, every expert, your student should be more successful than you are, some of yeah. them, because you're allowing them to reduce the time frame to success based on everything you've done and found that works and doesn't work in the past. So a lot of people who value their time over money will invest in the high ticket program right, right away. So for both Jeff and Russell, I invested in Russell's book, his certification, which was relatively inexpensive the first time. And then I joined his, his, um, you know, $25,000 a year, which is now $50,000 a year mastermind. And I've, you know, with everything, have invested over 100000 of him in the last five years. Same thing with Jeff Walker, right? I never bought his product launch formula course. He was an affiliate for Jeff, and he was the number one affiliate for his dot-com secrets book. And I was like, who is this guy who's, you know, older, right, on stage at Russell's event in Vegas, and he was the number one affiliate in this newer digital marketing world, like, who has the longest um, standing product launch system that helps entrepreneurs grow and launch their business. I got to know who this guy is. Yeah. Got on his list. A couple months later, he sold me a you know, $97, $500, whatever it was, ticket to his live event. I went to his live event. I saw all these beginners talking about how they were making hundreds of thousands of dollars like real easily, real quickly. And I'm like, if these guys can do it, I can do it. And right away, I joined his his $12,000 group coaching program. And I'm you know on the list to join his, his highest level mastermind, um, which no one ever leaves. But you know, I've been in that for five years too, right? So 
if they were only marketing their course to me, right, and not making an opportunity to have people who bought the course to come to a virtual event or a live event or sell a ticket to that separately or try to get people who are in their sequence on a, to apply, get on a phone call, and then get sold into their group coaching program, you're leaving so much money on the table. And even more importantly than that, you're able to serve your highest ticket community on a deeper level at a greater percentage of the overall group than your course because they're paying you for greater attention. So as a, as a percentage of that audience, you're going to get more success stories from your highest ticket program than you will from your course, right? So any impact in purpose-driven entrepreneur, the way that you're, you can only give the greatest impacts and have people impacting them at their deepest purpose level is through a high, a high ticket program. So that's why I found it's, you know, you need to have your full value ladder built out. Yeah. You were mentioning how uh, people don't follow up on email. I used to run a big list management company and we used to trigger these autoresponders. And we got to a point where we triggered so many autoresponders that the APIs were shutting down the ESP. So we had to change it from real time to doing it every three minutes in batches. And the difference in the performance from three minutes to real time was astronomical. So to your point of what you're saying, and that's just, we're talking about like literally triggering an email, autoresponder, real time, writing your inbox, three minutes later, doing it again. And the, and the performance went down. The point is like people's attention span, you have it, you got to take advantage of it immediately. If you're, waiting, if you're waiting 30 to 60 days, the amount of emails and things that they're right. doing, the amount of impressions, I mean, it's like you're wasting your money. That's, the, totally. that's like when I'm, when I'm working with advertisers and generating leads, you know, I always, I always tell people, because you were saying like you could do this, right? It's a skill set, right? And I could generate a lead for you and I can generate a lead for somebody else. And if you know how to close and this guy doesn't, it's the same exact lead. This client, I fail with you. We're kicking butt, right? right? So it is really all about your partnership and understanding how to go about working that lead once you get it, right? You make some really good points there. So, you know, don't hold on to that list. That list is everything. You got you got to keep just communicating with these people. Your, your list is everything. And I think people forget that and they forget, hey, if you in 2012 had a Facebook page that had 2 million followers in 2013, you know, you were in 2012, you used to be able to reach all those people in 2013 and 2015, you could reach none of them, right? Because Facebook became a pay to play space where you're organically reaching less than 1% of your audience with every organic post you're making. So if you're not trying to siphon your audience on these social platforms where when they launch that you get great organic following and a great organic reach, a la TikTok now, Clubhouse, podcasts, Still YouTube SEO if you're if you're doing it right, even LinkedIn organic. There's actually like the biggest boom now of organic reach in the market since Facebook, early Facebook, like 2012. And I think even groups is still kind of the new resurgence of Facebook and the messenger as well, if you're keeping people within that 24-hour window. But digressing back, if you are not trying to incentivize financially or through content your audience to then give you their email. Um, get on your messenger list, get on your SMS text list, you are leaving yourself open to the platform taking away your audience overnight when they move it from an organic to a pay-to-play space, which every platform does because they raise money, they have shareholders, and they have a fiduciary duty to the shareholders to deliver revenue and drive valuation of, of the business, right? So it's just, even if these companies want to start out only being like organic, they're 
eventually pressured into driving a profit for their investors. So it's up to you to be the smart marketer because your email list, your SMS list, it's the only real thing in your business online that you own yourself, right? No one can take it from you. And that's the intellectual property that going back to like driving valuation in your business, if someone wants to acquire you or acquire your assets and you have an email list of 50,000 people versus someone who has an email list of 5,000 people, your company is worth way more to that to that potential acquisition partner than the person with 5,000 people. And I think the biggest mistake people make is they're like, oh, I ran ads, got that lead for $3 per lead, and then don't warm them up, warm them up or keep them warmed up. It's like, that isn't a lead. That's just something you invested $3 in and threw away. And most people, like the amount of free content that's out there is amazing today. And it's making it more like, it's not about information. It's more about insights now. So I think people care less about like consuming really long formats of content. And it's more like, how do you save me time by giving me the things I need to make a better business decision, which is time is our most valuable asset. And you look at all these companies like, you know, Uber, um, podcasts, et cetera. Like the reason why they're blowing up is because they figured out a way to deliver the end user a greater transformation and save them time. Air, Airbnb, a lot of these secondary markets, right? It's the same thing. They're they're not saving people as much money as much as they're saving them time. And that's the as busy as people are and as much content there is, people value time more today than they ever have. So it's like, how do you give people the insights over the information to save them time to allow them to make the best decision for themselves and for their business as possible? And then if you do that at a level that's deep and then any other one online or in your business and continue to add value, warm them up over time, they're eventually going to want to do business with you instead of someone else. So don't forget to warm people up, develop that long-term relationship with them. And I've seen a lot of my clients who have people come to their high ticket program three months, six months, nine months down the road because they've continued to warm them up versus most marketers and entrepreneurs who are like, oh, they didn't buy from me in the first two weeks. Let's stop messaging them, right? Right, right. People feel like they're, uh, they're afraid to communicate with these people. They're going to unsubscribe. Wow, man, my brain is like... The amount of information you just gave is is like unbelievable. Like someone should send money and I should just send checks to you. <laughs> so uh, why don't you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they want to work with you? Yeah, or- so I now am putting out a video per day on social. It's kind of my new initiative I'm super excited about, but I'm about to get like really active on posting just a lot of, you know, my best, like I'm a, everything I'm talking about. It's something I'm preaching now. So it's I'm trying to put out as the best valuable content I can in every format. Um, so I'm putting out a video per day. So I would say follow me on Instagram at Jeff underscore Brewer. And then um, at the time of this launching, I have a brand new personal site that's going to be live at jeffreebrewer.com. That's kind of like the hub that talks about all the different destinations where I put out content, all the different like free things I'm putting out, more in-depth guides that can talk about things in more detail like the challenge launch. I'm spending a lot of time now on Clubhouse. I think that's the new, um, just like podcasts are blown up. I think it's a real hot platform that a lot of people can can come on and you know educate, articulate, get a lot of value from. And I'm going to be spending a lot of time there and doing my own club and like inviting a lot of other top product launch experts to share product launch strategies there. But yeah, I would say follow me on um, on Instagram because you will see the video per day there, Jeff underscore Brewer, and then. My personal site at jeffreebrewer.com will kind of be the all Jeff Brewer content hub for, for you moving forward. Awesome. Yeah, Clubhouse, man. That is a, that's a crazy animal, huh? Like 
I haven't really been using it that much, but I see everybody in the in the mastermind saying how unbelievable it is. It's really just, you know, could we be hypothetically doing Clubhouse right now while we're talking? Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I'm going to start doing, actually, is I'm going to, you know, be simultaneously, like, doing recording podcasts and streaming it on there. I think right now what you're seeing a lot of people do is kind of doing these, like, live Q&A panels, doing Q&A of, like, a bigger moderator crew, and then bringing some people from the audience up to ask questions. And so it's a lot of real-time content. But I think the same way that you're able to, like, leverage your time and add value in podcasts and focus on, like, one individual and go deeper with fewer people. I think Clubhouse allows you to go like not as deep with a lot of people who are on moderators or speakers on, on, on your panel. And then you can, you know, you could focus on a few mods or do, you know, go deep with one person for 10 minutes and then go deep with the next person for 10. I think that's cool. But yeah, I think you're going to see the, the formats that have worked really well on podcasts start coming over to Clubhouse in a deeper way because so many people right now, they're trying to be early adopters. There's 2 million at this, at the time of this podcast, um, Anderson Horowitz just came in for the first big round, being the lead investor, along with 180 other private investors investing 100 million dollars at a billion dollar valuation into the platform. Wow. One thing that they're going to be seeing is how do we grow the platform from two million active listeners and followers per week to you know 10, 20, 200. They have they're still only on iOS. They haven't even launched on Android. So this is really just the beginning. So if you're listening and you're not on Clubhouse, I would highly encourage you to be an early adopter there. And that's a big thing for me is I never was a first mover, shaker, early adopter on like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, anything. So yeah. I know that I've seen this before and I'm definitely not going to lose out on the opportunity for it now. And then what I found too about Clubhouse is like I've been on for about 10 days and I've gotten 7,000 followers in, in just 10 days. Wow. How'd you do that? That's crazy. Just really, it's about adding value to other moderators and speakers who are in the room. And I have a whole guide on kind of like, hey, here's the road I took to 10,000 followers once I get there that I'm going to roll out for free. But it's really about adding value when you get your shot to the moderators and the speakers and then get them to continue to invite you up to be one of the experts on their panel for the rooms that they open consistently. And then most people in the audience will follow the entire speaker and moderator panel and like adding value. So when you get your shot to speak, like deliver value because there's always a way higher proportion of people because you also, there's no way to like, like, comment, share. Um, once the room is ends, it's that content's gone. So a lot of the call to action now is like, you also can't direct message people there. So, but you can connect your Instagram. So a lot of it is like trying to get people to direct message you to either get something else for free or add value to them. So I've had with the 7,000 people that I've had follow me on Clubhouse at the time of this interview, I've had a thousand of those people follow me on Instagram and, and hundreds of them direct message me. To wow. either like ask a follow up question, say the how much how appreciative they were of the value they got, or you know I in some cases offer them a free asset that I followed up with them when they when they direct message me. So it's about you know again like I was saying, add value on these new platforms where you have great organic reach as you can, and then try to siphon them onto other audiences where you you own that you know that audience and that attention there. How do you become a moderator if you don't have a network of people? So A, you could start your own room, right? B, I think you could try and like, what I did was I just saw people that I followed and knew that had other rooms who knew me and they brought me up to either ask a question or be a speaker. And then when I got my shot, I added a bunch of awesome value and kind of over-indexed myself 
as someone yeah. who adds value and has great responses to the audience question. So that way, even though the one person knew me out of 20 moderators and speakers on the panel, all of the 19 people who moderate and have their own rooms at different times and different days, they're like, hey, that guy has fire. Yeah. So when I come came in their rooms, they would bring me up. So yeah. it's kind of like, and you also can start your own rooms as a as a moderator. So if you just have people follow you when you're speaking in other people's rooms, but you then never start your own club and moderate your own rooms, there's no way for you to go like in more detail with your audience. So that's the biggest thing. It's like try to add value when you can on bigger people's audiences or stages. If it starts with you just asking a question and kind of adding value as you're asking your question, do it. If you can DM someone on Instagram and try to lead with value for them, but then the next time you come in their room, they recognize you, right? And then they they can bring you up. So lead with value is the short answer. But once you build your audience, start showing up more and the more consistent you are with showing up, the more these moderators and speakers will recognize you and bring you up. So when you get your shot, shoot your shot and add value. So people remember you, right? You never get a second chance to make a first impression. So take advantage of that first impression. But then once you start growing your audience, do like moderate your own rooms and invite other speakers that do these other rooms to come into yours and inv- leverage your audience on other platforms, right? So if you have an email list, messenger list, other social following, you can share the link to rooms you're going to start in advance to promote that room to get people to come on and follow you there, right? So I think those are the two ways I would really do it. But you'll always see the top moderators and speakers who are the ones like leading the room asking the questions to the other mods and speakers, they'll always get a disproportionate amount of followers compared to everyone else. So like the one or two mods who are leading the Q&A, leading the room, talking pretty much a lot, they get pretty much everyone that comes in and out of the room to follow them. And then the rest of the mods and speakers will get people to follow who's following everyone, but they'll only get people to follow them at scale when they talk and give value. Yeah. Sounds like it's just like the same same concept, different format for like when people are doing those summits and getting everybody together and just kind of letting them mail to each of their platforms and scrolling all this value together. And Absolutely. the person that think, sets it up, I think all the followers. Model, I think the model is not new because it's been done with like teleconferences and virtual summits before, just like you said. But the ability, like the timing, right? Timing is everything. The timing and like the addictiveness of it and like the access. So randomly, I'll go into a room with some people that are awesome, not know it's going to be something big or crazy. 30 minutes later, you have Grant Cardone, Damon John, Ty Lopez, Lewis Howes in there. And you're like, what just happened? Right. <laughs> so there's, there's not a lot of big, and I'm speaking just in entrepreneurship space. Cause that's the space that I play. There's not a lot of like big people doing a lot of it. Like there's less competition, I would say for these bigger. Sure. So if you go in there and you start creating content and you kind of start, that's the other thing too, is, There'll be people who in there who have like 30, 40,000 followers where it's like relatively to everyone else right now at the time of this interview. That's a lot, but they'll have rooms where it's like only 50 or 100 people. So there's, and then there's people who like started a room, but there's a great kind of clickbait headline that has a lot of other value and good speakers in there with people who had 100 or 500 or 1,000 followers who started the room, but it kind of, a bunch of people started joining and then people stayed. And the more people that stay, the longer the room goes on. And the more people that join that continue to stay, the bigger the room gets, right? So there's been people that have a lot of followers that have small rooms. And there's been people that have small followers that have really big rooms because the room kind of went viral. So it's less about the numbers on this platform, which I think is really cool. 
than other platforms, right? Where it's kind of like you have to get big to actually accumulate a large audience there, like have a video that goes viral on TikTok or something like that. So yeah. definitely it's it's the space I'd I'd recommend everyone to try and over-index their time in now. Yeah, cool. Man, I could talk to you for hours. Holy moly, man. You are awesome. Jeff Brewer, appreciate you coming on here. You guys got a treat with this guy. Man, you're cool. So, uh, all right, buddy. I'm going to let cool, you go. Man. Because, uh, thank, thank you so you much for just, having me on. Guys, this is, Eric, Eric is the man. Listen to everything that he says. And I'm super <laughs> appreciative and super grateful to come on and add value to your community. And I hope you guys can circle back, stay in touch with me. Shoot me a direct message on Instagram to it, at Jeff Brewer, and let me know what your biggest takeaway from this interview was. I'd, I'd love to hear from, from you guys and see what the number one thing that that you got most out of it was. And I'm really active on my DMs. I check them all the time. So I'd love to see what, what everyone's feedback and, and thoughts of it were. So Eric, thanks again for having me, man. And I really appreciate it. And we will totally. talk. I got to tell you, who, uh, the intro here has got to be bring a notebook and a few pencils and a sharpener because the <laughs> amount of value bombs you just dropped here is unbelievable. This is amazing. Really, thanks again. Appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope everyone has an awesome day, week, month, and a great 2021. So thanks everyone. See ya. Would you like to learn how I built my business using other people's money? If so, then go join my 21 day challenge at performancemarketersecrets.com. I look forward to meeting you and welcoming you into my family. And remember, results don't lie, but the people who don't have any do. Thanks for listening.